Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Jungle Tales of Tarzan by Edgar Rice Burroughs Chapter 6 The Witch Doctor Seeks Vengeance Lord Greystoke was hunting, or to be more accurate, he was shooting peasants at Champton Heading. Lord Greystoke was immaculate, appropriately guard. The minutest detail, he was vogue. To be sure, he was among the forward guns, not being considered as a sporting shot. But what he lacked in skill, he more than made up in appearance. At the end of the day, he would doubtless have many birds to his credit, since he had two guns and smart loader. Many more birds than he would could eat in a year, even if he had been hungry, which he was not, having but just arisen from the breakfast table. The beaters, there were twenty-three of them, in white smocks, had but just driven the birds into a patch of gauze, were now circling to the opposite side, they might drive down towards the guns. Lord Greystoke was quite as excited as he had ever permitted himself to come. His desideration in the spot that could not would not be denied. He felt his blood tingling through his veins, beat approached closer and closer to the birds in a vague and stupid sort of way. Lord Greystoke felt he was always upon felt upon such occasions, he experienced a sensation somewhat akin to the reversion of primitive type. The blood of an ancient forebear was coursing hot through him, a hairy, half-naked forebear, who had lived by the hunt. Far away in the Matadikorukul jungle, another Lord Greystoke, the real Lord Greystoke, hunted, by the standards which he knew, too, was vogue, utterly vogue, his primal ancestor, before the first eviction, a day being sultry, lion-skin been left behind, the real Lord Greystoke had but two, not two guns, to be sure. Not even one, even either, did he ever smart loader, but he possessed something infinitely more officious than guns or loaders. There were even twenty-three beaters in white smocks, possessed an appetite, uncanny woodcraft, and muscles that were as steel, spring, steel springs. Later that day in England, the loyal Greystoke was bound, bound from bountifully of things he could not had not killed. He drank other things which were uncalled to the compliment of such noise. He patted his lips as slowly linen to remove the faint traces of his past, quite ignorant of the fact he was an impostor, the rightful owner of his noble title, was even now finishing his own dinner in a far off junk of Africa, not using snowy linen, though instead he drew back a drew the back of a brown hair, forearm hand across his mouth and wiped his bloody fingers upon his thigh. But he moved slowly through the jungle to the drinking place, where upon all fours he drank as drank his fellows, the other beasts of the jungle. He quenched his first another design and the gloomy forest approached him as steam. The stream along the path behind him is Numba, Numba, the lion, tawny of body and black of mane. Scouring sinister, rumbling out low, crafting roars. So the apes heard him long before he came within sight. 
But the man went on with his drinking till he had his fill. He rose suddenly with great grace, the creature of the worlds and all great dignity. That was his birthright. Numa halted as he saw the man standing at the very spot where the king would drink. His jaws were parted, his cruel eyes gleamed. He growled about slowly. The man growled too, backing slowly to one side and watching not lion's face but his tail. So that commenced to move from side to side, a quick, nervous jerk. It would be well to be upon alert, and should it rise suddenly, react, react straight and stiff, then one might prepare to fight or flee. But he did, but he did neither. So Tarzan merely backed away, and lion came down and brank scarce fifty feet from where the man stood. Tomorrow there might be a one another's throat, but today there existed one of those strange, inexplainable truces which so often have seen among the savage ones of the jungle. Before Nimba had finished drinking Tarzan, returned to the forest, and swinging away in the direction of the village of Umbaya, that chief, it had best been at least one moon, a moon since the Earthman, since the ape man, I called upon the Gomari, not since he had restored little Timbo to his grief-stricken mother, had the whims of seized him to do so. The incident of adopted Baloo was a close one to the Tarzan. He sought to find something upon which to lavish such an affection as Tika lavished upon her balloon, but the short experience of the black, black boy, of the little black boy, made it quite plain to the ape man that no such sentiment could exist between them. The fact that he had for a time treated a little black as he might have treated a royal balloon of his own had no way altered the eventual settlements with which he considered the murderers of colour. The Gamari were his deadly enemies, nor could he ever be all, ever be all out else. The day he looked upon forward to some light, so slight relief from the monotony of existence, in which such, such excitement he might derive from baiting the blacks. Not yet dark, when he reached the village, and took his place in the great tree of Aenum, Passard. From beneath up came a great welling out of the depths of a nearby hut, and noise fell discreet upon Tarzan's ears. He jarred and grated. He did not like it, so he decided to go away for a while, in the hopes that it might cease. No, but though he's gone for a couple of hours, a rising still continued and returned. The intention of putting a violent termination to an annoying sound, Tarzan slipped slightly from the tree to the shadows beneath. Creeping stealthily, what giving well in the cover of the other huts, he approached that from which rose the sounds of imitation. He fire burned bright, burned brightly for the doorway they did before other doorways in the village. A few females squatted about, occasionally adding their own mouthful howlings to those of the master artists of inn. Eight men smiled as smiled as so smiled as he thought of consideration, which might follow the great leap which he could carry out. He would carry out, carry him among the females and into the full light of the jet fire. Then he would then dart into the hut, freeing excitement. But of the great street screamer, he had gone in the jungle before the blacks could ever scattered nerves with assault. Many times had Tarzan behaved similarly in the village of Mabea. The chief, his mysterious and respected appearance, always filled the beasts of the poor, suspicious blacks with a panic of terror ever. Never, it seemed, could they accustom themselves to the sight of him. It was this terror which led to his adventures. 
the spice of interest, the amusement which the human mind of eight men craved, merely to kill was not on itself significant. Accustomed to the sight of death, Tarzan felt no great pleasure in it. Long since he avenged the death of Carla, when he accomplished it, he learned an excitement and pleasure to be derived from debating the blanks. Of this he never tired. He was just about, he was, he was just when he was about to spring forward with a savage roar, the figure appeared in the doorway of the hut. The figure of the whaler, whom he had come to, whom he had come to steal, the figure of a young woman with a wooden skewer through a split spectrum of nose, heavy metal ornament, depending, depending from her lower lip, which it dragged down to hideous repulsive for deformity, which strange tattooing upon the forehead, cheeks and breasts, and a wonderful confer built up with mud and wire. A sudden flare of fire grew through the grotesque figure entirely released and Tarzan recognised. How is my mind and the mother Timbo? The fire also drew out a fateful flame which carried to the shadows a Tarzan alert picking out his light. Brown body from his surrounding darkness. Mamea saw him and knew him. With a cry she leapt forward and Tarzan came to meet her. The other women continued him too. But they did not come towards him. Instead, they rose at one, shrieked at one, fled at one. Maya threw herself at Todd's feet, raised his sympathetic art hands toward him, pouring forth with bitter lips a perfect contraction, contracted words, but not one of those which the eight men comprehended. For a moment he looked down upon the tortured, frightful face of the woman he had come to slay, but that overwhelming thought of speech saved him from consideration and with awe he glanced upon him and princely back at the woman a revulsion of feelings seized him he could not kill little Timber's mother nor could he stand and face his Virgil verbal geezer with a quick gesture of impatience of spoiling for an evening's entertainment he wheeled and let it leap away into the darkness a moment later he swinging through the black jungles night and cities of lamentations Monday growing fainter in the distance. It was a sigh of relief that he finally reached the point at which he could no longer hear them finding a comfortable couch high among the trees, so he composed himself for a night of sleepless slumber, and where a prowling lion moaned a cough between him and far off England, the Avaloid Squire's scope was assistance of valley, disrobed and crawled between spotless she sits swearing and wearily as a cat meow beat beat meow beef his window. A thousand found the fresh spoil of Hota, the born the fully morning, came upon the tra- tracks of Tugamari, a large one and small one. The eight men accustomed as he was to closing quitting closely. All that failed his perceptions, calls to read a story written in soft mud as control. You and I would have been seen little of interest here there, even if you by chance we could have seen naught. Peter Patch said might have been no point from that from put them out of us. We might have noted the redemptions of the mud. But where where the countless intentations? One of a lamping down between two and a confusion. That would have been entirely meaningless to us, to Tarzan, 
Each told us his own story, tend to live in the past that way recently. Three suns since Nimba had hunted where the night had just gone. Hota the bell had walked slowly among the trail within an hour. But what held Tarzan's affection was poor Sportel Kamari. He told him that he told him that the day before an old man had gone towards and went north in the company with the little boy and what with them been two years. Tarzan scratched his head in puzzled incredulity. He could see by overlapping of the footprints a beast had not been following the two, but sometimes one already was already ahead of them, once one behind, once again both were in advance of the party. Both were in the rear, a very strange and quite inexplicable, especially when the small should have showed where the lion is by pushing the path of water. One on either side of the human pit pair came quite close to them, and Tarzan read in small smaller Gomari was shrieking terror. The beast approached his side, but that, but that, in that of the old man, who had no need to hear. First Tarzan been slowly occupied by the remarkable juxtaposition of poor, poor the ego of Gomari. And now his keen eyes caught something that spoiled a little Gomari, which brought him on a sunset. It was uh, finding a letter in the road. He suddenly discovered it familiar handwriting of a friend. Go, Barbaruru, explained the ink man. At once, memory flashed upon the screen of a collection, supplicating Minstertude of Mobaya. She had buried herself before him in the village of Mobaya. A night before, instantly, all was explained, wailing, and lamentation, and bathing, the black mother, and his own sympathetic howling, the sheaves about the fire. It'll go, boo, 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 been stolen again, never this time, whatever, than Tarzan. Doubtless the mother had thought he was again in the power of Tarzan of the apes, even, and she had been beseeching him to return to Baloo to her. Yes, it was quite plain now, but who could have stolen, go, boo, boo, this time Tarzan wondered, he wondered too, about the presence of the ego. He could, could investigate the spoil of the day old. He ran towards the, towards the north. Tarzan set out to follow it. In a place it was totally obliterated by the prejudices of every beast. Where the way, why, where, where the way was the monkeys, rogues, even but Tarzan apes was almost baffled. But there were still... But, Final fate evolution returning to the payment's ball appreciately only to, into such high trained perceptive powers as that of Tarzan's. It all happened to little, little Toby very suddenly, especially when a breeze spanned two guns. First, it came from Buckwari, which got a bit worried and clean, with a ragged pigeon and a bit of fish which still clung on his footing face. He came along by day. The river, the river where Mabaya went steady to his swatched up body and had a timber, a little boy. He stepped out from behind a little great boy, great bush quite close to Mabaya, fighting a, a little pivo. So what? So it ran, screaming to his mother's protective arms. But Mabaya, though startled and wheeled to the face of face of thing, with all the savage and ferocity of the she-tiger bay, when she saw who it was, she breathed a sigh of a partial relief. 
Oh, she still clung tightly to Tito. I have come, said to Barbara, within primary, the three fat goats, a new sleep mat, a bit of a copper wire, as long as you... I've come for the... But Maya, though startled, wheeled to face the fearsome thing, all the sufferosity of the sea tiger bay. When she saw who it was, she breathed a sigh of partial relief. Though she still clung tightly to Timbo. I have come, said Balkari, without preliminary, the three fat gunks and the new sleeping mat, a bit of cowboyers, as long as your men's tall men's are armed. I have no goats for you, sir, correct Maria, nor a sleeping hat, nor any wire. Your medicine was never made. The white jungle god gave me back to my timbo. You had nothing to do with it. But I did, mumbled about Rory, for the freshest jaws. It was I who commanded the white jungle god to give back your timbo. When Maria laughed in his face, speak of lies, he cried. Go back to your four den, your hyenas. Go back to hide your stinking face in the belly of the mountain. Lease the sun seeking it, seeing it, cover his face with a black cloud. I have gone. Literally, Valkyrie, the three fat goats, a new wet sleep mat, and a bit of quiet copper wire left of this man on man's arm, which you were to pay me, turn you to Tobayo. You was to be late for man's forearm, corrected Mamaya. But you shall have nothing, old thief. You would not make medicine till I brought the payment in advance. Then I was returning to my village. The great white jungle god gave me back my timbo. Gave him to what me out of jaws of Nimba. His medicine is true medicine. Yours is weak medicine of an old man with a hole in his face. I came, repeated Wakrari, preachingly, for the free fat. But Mamaya had not waited to hear more. But she already knew my heart. Grasping timbo. Close to her side, she was hurrying away towards the prostrated village on Bay of the Chief. The next day, when Mamaya was working the plantain field, the other women of tribe, a little timbo, were playing the edge of the jungle, casting a small spear in a presentation. A distant day when he should be the full Pedroria. Pedroria, come again. Timbo had, been, had seen a squirrel scrambling up the bowl of a great tree. Charges to mine and transformed to the menacing figure of a hostile warrior. Near Tumbo raised his tiny spear, his face filled with savage bloodlust. With his race, he pictured a mighty night orgy, which he could dance about the courts of the human kill. As the women his tribe prepared meat for his feast to follow, but then he cast a spear. But when he cast a spear, he based both the squirrel and tree, losing his, lost his missile far among the tangled undergrowth of the jungle. However, it would not be. If, it could be but a few steps from the food and limbrant for the woman. The women were all about in the field. There was no warriors on guard in hard, easy hoil. And so did the timber boldly ventured to the, into the dark place. Just behind the scene of the creepers and matted foliage lurked three horrid figures. Old, old man, black as a pit, with a face half eaten away by leprosy and his sharp field teeth, teeth of cannibal, showing yellow and repulsive through the great gaping hole where his mouth and nose had been. Beside him, equally hideous, stood two powerful hyenas, Karen eaters, consulting with a Karen. Timbo did not see them until head down. He forced his way among the prickly 
Grime vines in search of his little spear. Then it was too late. As he looked up in the face of a raid, old witch doctor seized him, muffling his screams with a palm across his mouth. Timbo struggled federally. A moment later he was being hustled away for a dark, terrible jungle. A frightful old man, still muffling his screams of two hideous young eaters, pacing now on either side, now before, now behind, always prowling, always growling, snapping, snarling, or worse of all, laughing hideously. The little Timbo, within his brief, who within his brief existence had passed through such experiences as are given to few to pass through lifetime, and the northward journey was a nightmare of terror. He thought now the time he had been with the great wonder jungle god, prayed of all his little soul he might be back again, white-skinned giant who consulted with a hairy tree man. Terror-stricken, he had been... Then, but his surroundings had been nothing by comparison with those which had now endured. The old man seldom addressed Timbo, though he kept up almost continuously mumbling throughout the long day. Timbo caught repeated reference to the fat goats, sleeping mats, and pieces of copper wire. Ten fat goats, ten fat goats, said El Ningro, would crone over and over again, but this little Timbo guessed the price of his ransom had risen. Two fat goats were. Would his mother get to get ten fat goats in for thin ones either? No matter to buy back just a poor little boy. My bear would never let him let her have them. And Timber knew that his father never had owned more than three goats at the same time in all his life. Ten fat goats. Timbo sniffed. A pooted old man would kill him and eat him for a goat. Would never be in the forthcoming. But cried the goat would never. But Roy would throw his bones to the blindness. A little black boy shuddered, who came so weak and he almost fell on his tracks. But Roy cuffed him on the ear and jerked him along. After what seemed eternity to Timbo, they arrived in the mouth of the cave between two rocky hills. That means slow and narrow, a few saplings bound together with strips of rawhide, closed it against stray beasts. Pagwari removed a primitive door and pushed Timbo within. A hideous snarling stylish past him and was lost to view of the darkness of the interior. Pagwari replaced the flapings and seizing Timbo roughly by one arm dragged him along a narrow rocky passage where the floor was completely smooth with dirt which lay thick upon it and had been trodden and trembled by many feet till a few equalities remained. The passage was torturous, as it was for very dark, and the walls rough and rocky. Timbo scratched and bruised for many bumps. You see, to Macquarie, walked rapidly through the winding, winding gallery as one would traverse a monument's lane by daylight. He knew every twist and turn of his mother. Knows the face of a child, he seemed to be in a hurry. He jerked poor little Timbo. Prophecy a little a trifle more ruthlessly, efficient if, as necessary, and peace about Rory set. The old witch doctor was an outcast on the side man disease. Shun hated, feared, was far more than for possessing an agenic temper. Nature had given him a few of the kinder instructors as man, there were few fatal fate and equated eventually. Shrewd, cunning, cruel, vindictive was Rory, a witch doctor. The frightful tales were whispered by the cruel tortures. 
he inflicted upon these victims, children of frightened and obedience, by the threat of his own. Once said Timbo, given his frustration, and now his raping or reasonably will harvest a tear from his seeds and his mother and incredibly son. A darkness of the presence of the dreaded witch doctor, a fear which had a pain and contusions which haunted very much in the future. A pain of hyenas combined almost paralyzed the child. He stumbled and reeled until back Rory was dragging among dragging rather than leading him. Presently Timbo saw the flight faint lightness ahead of them as flight a moment later emerged in a roughly circular chamber which a little daylight filtered through a rift in the rocking mountain feeling. The hyenas were, le- were ahead of them, waiting as Black Rari entered with Timbo. The lion sunk towards them, bearing their fangs. Hungry today, Timbo, they came and once struck the door at home. Presently, Timbo saw a faint lateness ahead of him, them. A moment later, they emerged in the life of the circle of chambers of which a little daylight filtered through a rift, rocky ceiling. Hyenas were at the red of them, waiting about Rory, ending with Timbo, their brakes shrunk towards, shrunk towards them. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your law makers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill bearing yellow fangs they were hungry towards timbo they came one slapped his naked legs barari sees a sick from the floor chambers and stick of thrown by a vicious blow at a little beast at the same time mumbling forth to valley excavations a hyena dodged and ran to the side of the chamber where he stood groaning barari which Take, took a step towards the creature, which bristled with rage at his very approach. Fear and hatred shot from his evil eyes. Unfortunately for Bagari, fear dominated. Fearing what he was among, I have seen who's done notice the second beast made a short, quick rush for Timbo, because the child was screaming dark under the witch doctor, who now turned his affection, second hyena, yet when he reached with his heavy stick, dragging it repeatedly and driving it to the wall. There were two other carinators that commenced the gurgle. A chamber where the human carried on, and Master now in a perfect frenzy, to a metal range, ran to and fro with effort to set them, dragging out with his, his control and lashing them with his tongue, calling upon the curse whatever guards and demons he could summon to memory and describing lurid figures in chronogamy of their ancestors. Several times, one or the, one or the other, the beast would turn, make a stand against the witch doctor, and then Timber would hold his breath in Nagai's terror. Forever in his brief life, he had seen such dreadful hatred depict upon the countenance of man, a beast, her his fear overcame the rage of the savage, so he commanded us. No.
Swinging in the heaves unnoticed, the second beast made a short rush, quick rush to Timbone. Charles screamed and died after the switch doctor. Now turned his attention to the second hyena. This one he reached with his heavy stick, striking it repeatedly, driving it to the wall. The two coronators commenced to circle the chamber while the human current, their master now in a perfect frenzy, could own rage, ran to and fro to his effort as a symptom, dragging out with a conjure and lashing him his tongue, calling in upon the curses whatever gods and demons he could summon to memory, describing lurid figures in economy, their ancestors. Several times one of the other the beasts would turn to make a stand over the witch doctor, then Timber could would hold his breath in agonized terror. There were never in brief life he could see such frightful hatred depicted upon the countenance of man or beast. But all his fear became the rage of savage creatures, so they resumed their flight, snarling and bare-fanged. But a moment, just at the moment, Timbo was certainly sprang, was spring at Ferrari's throat, the last of which had tried at the throat of chase. With a snarl quite as beastial as those of the beast, turned towards Timbo, a go to collect the tin between fat goats, by a new sleeping mat, two pieces of copper wire. Your mother will pay for the medicine. I shall make to make bring you back to her. He said, "They have stay, you stay here." There he pointed towards the fire exit. We followed to the chamber. I'll leave you in the hyenas. You try to escape. They will eat you. He cast aside a stick and called to the beasts. They came snarling and sneaking, their tails between their legs. Balgrari led them to the passage and drove them into it. He dragged a little ragged rudimentis in place and followed the opening after he himself had left the chamber. This keep them away from you. He said, I do not get ten fat goats of things I shall least a few bones after after I am through them. And they asked the boy. He left the boy to think over the meaning with all two deceptive words. When he was gone, Timbo threw himself upon the floor and broke into childish sobs of terror and loneliness. He knew that his mother had not fat two ten fat goats to give. And when Belgari returned, little Timbo were killed and eaten. How long he lay there he would not know. But presently he was aroused by his glowering, caroling of the hyenas. They returned through the passage and glaring him from beyond the lattice. He could see their yellow eyes blazing through the darkness. They reared up and clawed at the barrier. Timbo shivered and withdrew drew to the opposite side of the chamber. He saw little Timbo's leg. Dag and wither was its way to attack of the beast. Only experienced that it would fall inward, letting the creatures upon him. Warily the horror-ridden hours dragged their slow, their slow way. Night came, and for time, Timber slept. It seemed the hunger beast never slept. Away they stood, just beyond the teeth, growling, the heaviest growls of laughter, hideous laughters, though the very rift, a rocky roof above him. Timber could see a few stars, once the moon crossed. At last daylight came again. Timber was very hungry and thirsty, for he had not eaten since the morning. Before only once again, upon a long march, he had permitted to drink, but even hungry and thirst was almost impossible, forgiven, forgotten the terror of his position. It was only after daylight that the child discovered a second opening, walls of subduing chamber, almost opposite to that in which the hyena stood, glaring hungrily at him. It was only a narrow slit of rocky wall. It might lead in but a few feet, or might lead to freedom. Tim approached it and looked within, could see nothing. He extended his arm into blackness. He dared not venture further, for he never would have let him left open a way to escape. 
timber reason to his self passage might lead to even nowhere or some t- still more hideous danger. The boy's fears as actual dangers which menace him by growing to highness his superstition named countless others quite too horrible even to name the lives and blacks through the shadows of the jungle day and the black horrors of the people in the jungle night flit strange fantastic shapes peopling the already hideous people forests and menacing figures as though the lion the leopard and snake the hyena and the countless poisonous insects were not quite suspected so significant Kent to strike terror into the hearts of poor simple creatures those lot is cast in earth's most fearsome spot it is the little that the little temper cringed not only from real menaces but from imaginary ones he was afraid even to venture upon a road by lead escape least of Rari a set to watch in some frightful demon a jungle real menaces sunny droves of imagery one Runs from the boy's mind, which was growing in daylight, half famished Jayanias, renewed their effort to break down the feral barrier which kept them from their prey, rearing upon their mind feet, they clawed and struck at the teeth, a wide eyed timber stoic sag and rock. Not for long he knew would be extend the assaults of these two powerful determined brutes, where one corner had been passed, for the past of rocking Pedruja, an entrance way which had failed in place, a saggy forearm approached. In a chamber, Timbo trembled as as Rugu, for he knew that 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 the end was near. Backing against the further wall, he stood threatened, as far from the beast as he could get. He saw the teeth give way still more. He saw a savage snarling head, forced it to fall past it, grinning jaws snapping and griping, gaping toward him. And another instance, a pitiful lamprey. Parrot fall inward, and the two would beat upon him, rendering his flesh, his bones, gnawing the bones, themselves fighting for possession of the entrails. But when he come upon Amir outside the paradise of Bogbeo, the chief at sight of him, the woman drew back in revulsion, and she flew at him, teeth and nail, but Rory distanced her with a spear. Held her safest possible Where's this my baby? she cried. Where's my baby, little Timbo? Bagrari opened his eyes in well simulated amazement. Your baby? exclaimed, What should I know of him? I've never rescued him. Thank God, a jungle. I have not received my pay. I come for the goats and sleeping mat. I have a piece of copper wire, a length of a tall man's arm, from his shoulder to the tip of his tangers. Off all the hyena shaped hyena. My child had been stolen, and you, rotting figure of man, have given him return him to me, or I should tear your eyes from your head and feed your heart to the wild hogs. Bagrari shrugged his shoulders. What do, what do I know about your children? He asked. I would have not taken him if he's not if he's stolen again. What should Bakari know that matter? Did Bakari steal him before? No, the white gods, jungle gods, stole him. If he had stolen him once, he would steal him again. Did nothing to me. I returned him to you before. I came to for my pay. Came for my pay. If he'd gone, you would have him returned. Bakari returned him for ten fat goats, a new sleeping mat, and two pieces of copper wire. 
and length of the tall man's arm and the shoulder the tips of his fingers. But Rory would stay nothing more about the goats and sleeping mat and cobble wire which we would have paid for the first medicine. Ten fat goats, screamed Mamaya. I would not pay you t- ten fat goats in many years. Ten fat goats indeed. Ten fat goats, repeated Bagari. Ten fat goats are new meat and two pieces of copper wire. Length of wire well, stopped him in an impatient gesture. Wait, she cried. I have no goats. You waste your breath. Stay here while I go to, to my man. He has but three goats. Yet something may be done. Wait. Bagari sat beneath a tree. He felt quite content. He knew he could never have neither payment nor revenge. He could not fear harm hands of those people of other tribe, though he could also knew that he would must fear and hate him. He left me alone with Ventnor laying hands upon him, by his reputation's witch doctor rendered him double in immunity from attack, in playing after compelling them to drive the ten goats at the mouth of his cave, then when Murray returned with her and three warriors, Babaya a chief where Balkanga, a village witch doctor, and Remboto Timber's father. They're not pretty men. They were not pretty men, even put under ordinary circumstances. Now their faces are marked by anger. They might have inspired terror in the heart of everyone, of anyone, but Barari felt any fear. He did not betray it. Instead, he greeted them with an insolent stare, started to swallow them as they came and squatted in a semicircle before him. Where is Abuento's son? said Asmamea. How should I know? returned Bagrari. Doubtless a white devil guard has him. I am paid. I shall reach stronger medicine. We shall know where Babayo's son, Ibido's son, and shall get him back again. It is my medicine which got him back last time, for which I got no pay. I have my own witch doctor to make medicine. And Babaya, with dignity. <coughs> Bagwari sneered and rose to his feet very well, he said. Let him make his medicine and see if he can bring back Agrodoya's back son back. He took a few steps from them, then he turned angry back. Your medicine will not bring the child back, that I know. I also know that when you find him, you too will be too late, and he medicine bring him back here for you will be dead. This have I just found out. The ghost of my father's sister now came to me and told me. Now, Mabay and Bojaj Kenja might have taken much stock in their own magic. They might even be sceptical of the magic of another. But there's always a chance of something being in it, especially if it's not their own. Was it not well known at Obergori, the speech of demons themselves, and two even lived with him, false hyenas? Still, they did not ascend too hastily. They have price was the, the price there was a price to consider, and by there was no intention of parting lightly. Ten fat goats obtained a return. Single little boy returned, who might have died in smallpox long before he reached the boy's estate. Wait, said my boy, let me let's see some of your magic, and we know if it's good magic. Then we talk about your payment, Rabbi Kinja. We'll make us make some magic too. We'll see who makes the best magic. Sit down, Baba Bari. The payment would be ten goat fat, goats, fat goats, a new sleep mat and two pieces of copper wire, length of the tall man's arms and shoulders, the ends of his fingers, be made in advance of jokes be driven to my cave. They are make this decision. The second day the boy returned to his mother. I cannot be done more quickly than that. 
because it would take time to make such strong medicine. Make us some medicine now, said Baboya. Let's see what sort of medicine you can make. Bring me fire, replied Bagari. I will make you a little bit, make you a little magic. Baboya was just patched for the fire, and while she's waiting, Baboya dicted with Bagari about the price. Ten goats, he said. It was a high price for an able, but able body warrior. He was took Bagari's attention to the fact he and Baboya was very were very poor, and his people were very poor. Their ten goats were at least eight, too many to say nothing of a new sleeping mat, a cup of wine, but Gravari was adamant. His medicine was very expensive. He would have to give at least five goats the guards who helped him make it. They were all still arguing when Mariah returned from the fire with a fire. Bagwari placed a little on the ground before him, took a pinch of powder from a pouch his side and sprinkled it into the embers. Cloud of smoke rose and puff. Bagwari closed his eyes and rocked back rocked back and forth. Then he made a few passes in the air and pretended to swoon. Baboya and the others were very much impressed. Baboya seeing Kinga grew nervous. He saw this reputation waning. So his reputation waning. There's some fire left in the vessel which Mamea brought. He seized the vessel, dropped a handful of dry leaves onto the. It while the well was watching, then that was a frightful scheme. He drew the attention of Black Roy to talk to him. He also broke the Roy quite miraculously out of his swoon. When the old witch saw the reason for the consummities, he quickly relapsed into an unconsciousness before anyone discovered his foul praise. Major Kinja, seeing that his, he had the attention of Marbella, Torito, and Marbella, blew suddenly into the vessel. As a result, the leaves com- commenced to smoulder, and smoke issued from the mouth of a receptacle. Vibid Kinja was holding, careful to hold it, so that none might see the dry leaves. Their eyes were wide open, wide, opened wide, a remarkable demonstration of power. Of the witch, with his witch doctor's powers, led a greatly elated great, let himself out. He shouted, jumped down, and made frightful grimaces. But he put his face close to the earth, mouth of the vessel within, appeared to be continuing with spirits within. It is while he was thus engaged that Bertrand became out of his black eye, came out of his trance, his curiosity, finding, having gotten better of him, no one was praying him the slightest attention. I blinked his one eye angrily. They too let out a loud roar. By that you sure that Mabea had turned towards him. He sniffed rigidly, made sympathetic movements. His arms and legs, I see him, he cried. He is here far away, the white devil guard. Did not you get him? He is alone in great danger, but he added, only for ten flat goats, and the other things are paid to me quickly. There is yet time to save them. Kemba, Rebba, Kenga, opposed to listen. Mabea looked towards him. The chief was in a quandary. He didn't know which medicine was the better. Which does, what does the, your medicine tell you? He asked him, Rabbiya Kenga. I too see him scream, Rabbiya Kenga. But he's not where Bagari says he is. He's dead at the bottom of the river. At this moment, I commenced to howl loudly. Tarzan followed the spoor with an old man, two hyenas, a little black boy to the mouth of the cave in the rocky canyon. Before the two hills, 
Do you pause a few a moment for the snapping barrier? We both worried, set up, listening to the snarls and growls that came faintly for far recesses of the cabin. Presently mingled with beastly cries, we came faintly to keen ears, the eight men of agonized moan of a child. Longer did hesitate, hurling the door aside, sprang the door opening, narrow and black was the corridor, but long use of his eyes and stagnated. Alien blackness of the dull nights are given. Eight men summing of nocturnal visionary powers, wild things which he had consulted since babyhood. He moved rapidly, yet with caution, and the place was dark and familiar, unwinding as he advanced. He moved more and more loudly. That savage snarls of two aliens mingled with the scraping and scratching the paws upon the wood. The moans of a child grew in the volume, and Tarzan recognised them as voice. The little bat boy he once had sought adopted his baloo. With no head to the superior and no men's advance, too accustomed as he was to passing a life in the jungle, be greatly walked even by the death of one whom he knew, but lust the battle spurred him on. He was only a wild beast at heart, a wild beast's heart beat high in anticipation conflict. The rocky chamber of the hills centre, little Timbo crouched low but against the wall, as far as a hungry great beasts he could, could drag himself. Solitis giving the frantic clawing of hyenas, he threw, knew that in a few minutes his little life would flicker out horribly beneath the yendling, yendling yellow fangs of those loathsome creatures, beneath the rufflings of powerful bodies as he slung fall inward until when the crash it came away and giving a little drag of an arm in upon the boy Trembo cast one of her frightened glance towards them he closed his eyes and buried his face in arms slobbing piteously for a moment he and his paws caution cowardice holding them from their prey they stood there thus glaring at the lad and slowly stealthily crouching they crept towards him it was thus that Tarzan came upon them bursting to the chamber swiftly and silently but also suddenly the keen-eyed beast did not note his coming. With growl angry growls he turned from Timbo upon the eight men as with a smile upon his lips he ran towards them. For an instant one of the animals stood in its ground. The eight men did not deign even to draw his hunting knife against the spider ego. Rushing in upon the boot, he grasped him by its scuffing neck just as he attempted to dodge past him and held it across the cabin out of his fellow which was already was sinking the corridor, bent upon escape, and Tarzan picked Tembo for floor, and when a child felt human hands upon him, instead of paws and fangs of Hina, he rolled his eyes up with a surprise. Incredibly, as he fell upon Tarzan's sobs of relief, broke from the child's lips, his hands clutched to his liver, as though a white de- devil guard was not the most feared of the jungle creatures. Tarzan came to the cave mouth. Hina's were nowhere to in sight, not permitting Timber to quench his thirst, a spring which rose nearby, lifted by his shoulders, and set off towards the jungle with rapid trot. The vermin still the snoring howlings of a mare, quickly possible, for he surely guessed the absence of a balloon was the cause of an imitation. He's not dead at the bottom of the river, cried Barbarari. What does this fellow know about making magic? Who is he anyway? He dares say Macquarie's magic. He's not good magic. Arrange his Maria's son. He was far away, alone, a great disaster. Hasten then, you two fat ten fat goats there. But you got no further, there's sudden interruption above. For the branches of the very tree beneath where they squatted, and the five blacks looked up. They almost swooned in fright. 
they saw the great white venerable god looking upon them but before they could flee they saw another face that in the timber his face was laughing very happy and tarzan dropped fiercely among them the boy still played back deposed of him to for his mother Hamea of tibia and rabbi kingo magabea were all crying around the lad trying to question him at the same time suddenly Mamea turned ferociously to fall upon Bagari, for the boy had told him of all he had suffered at the hands of the cruel old man. Bagari is no longer there. He acquired a real cost of black art for showing the felicity, felicity, felicity of Mamea would be no helpful place for him. After Teo, Bebo had his story, and now he's running through the jungles fast as his old legs would carry him towards a distant lair which knew no black would disturb him. Tarzan too had vanished as he had the way he'd been. Mystification of blacks. And Mamaya's eyes lightened upon Gabagangas. Where were his wife's dog? Saw something in those eyes. Hers was bloodied. No good for him. Um, which bloodied uh, no good for him. Backed away. It is me, Tim, my Timbo is dead at Bottom River, is he? Where is sheep? He's far away and alone in great danger. Is he, he magic? The scorn for Mamea crowded into the single word, which turned credit to Thespian, the most first maker of magic indeed, she screamed. Mamea will show you some magic of her own, with that she seized upon a broken limb, struck Mamea, Rango Crea, Kango across the face, with a howl of pain, the man turned and fled. Mamea pursuing him, beating him across the shoulders, through the gateway, and up the length of the village, street to the tents and enormousment of worries, a woman, a child, who was so fortunate to witness spectacle for one for one, the all feed Rimbakinga, and to fear is to hate. Thus it was that a host of passive enemies, Tarzan Eats, added that day to one two active foes, both of whom remained awake, long into the night planning means of revenge upon the white devil god, who had brought them into the ridicule disputes. But in most malevolent schemings of being all to vain, a real fear and awe they would not down. Young Lord Greystoke did not know that they planned against him, nor knowing that he would he was scared. He crept, he slept as well that night as he did on the other night, and for those no roof above him, no doors to lock his intruders. He slept much better than his noble relative London. Had he not even drunk eaten before too much lobster, drank too much wine at dinner night night night. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.